what femininity is in the patriarchal context is communicating our willingness to be submissive in this world. Mm-hmm. And I've been sitting with that like, whoa, you know, because it's like, that's threatening because it's like, what does it mean? What, who is the self, the true self of us women? Like, what does our true power look like if it doesn't have those same signals, yes. right? For beauty and for, yes. you know, desirability and, you know, so I think it is dangerous, but that's what's so exciting yeah. about it. Is, is it's going to like this question. And I don't think we should rush the answer. You know, it's like, what is true female power? What is really a female revolution? We have to live that. We have to live into that question and not rush with the answer of, oh, it's just putting a pink bow on a on a, on a corporate executive, mm-hmm. you know, look. <laughs> no way. That's like... That's optics. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, That's patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I always just think I'm like, how is what this perceived um, femininity or um, female empowerment playing into the same structures that it was we're trying to break? So, like, if we're just focused mm-hmm. on optics, if we're just focused on the way someone looks, if we're objectifying ourselves, if we're objectifying our sexuality, like, how is that actually still playing into the structure where men have the power, where they're the ones that have to give us money, whether it's selling our bodies or, or other ways. And I think it's just such an interesting thing that I noodle over often, just kind of yeah. thinking about how we can go deeper specifically into the shadowy parts of, of being in our authentic self. Yeah. And you know what I would say? I love this question that you're asking. And I think for me, the place to go that's usually the most dangerous, but it always has answers, is going to your own family. And what you went through there, like there's some shadowy shit. We all have something (laughs) stuff from our past that I'd like to say the mother wound is kind of like an invisible fence. It keeps us inside of certain behaviors and away from others without us even realizing it because it's Mm. familiar, it's comfortable and our systems prefer the familiar, but we are still confined inside of them. So in order to get outside of them, though, we have to look at what's what's keeping us inside this perimeter. And it usually, you know, the place to look is what did we learn from our own families? And, and this is very challenging and tough for people because it's like, I don't want to look at myself as a victim. I'm beyond that mm-hmm. shit now. We can be resilient enough to do this. Like, this is where the gold is. I, I know this because I'm someone who resisted it so hard, but going into it is exactly where we don't want to go is where we got to go. Mm-hmm. And finding other people who are excited by that challenge too, about being courageous and like even sexuality, like there's mm-hmm. another place where we feel this ambivalence, right? About our sexuality. We want to be fully expressed sexually. We want to feel free. We want to have fun. But there's shadowiness around that. And and a lot of that shadowiness is stuff that are like, it's like ghosts from our past that shows up in the bedroom or shows up, you know, in these subtle little feelings that we might not even have named yet. But once we start looking at like, what did I experience around sexuality? One of the first things I do in my course is start to ask women, how did your mother, what kind of messages did she communicate to you about these main areas, money, sexuality, her own body, other women. 
start to do a little inventory, like not just overtly because some mothers didn't talk about any of these things, but she communicated messages, very powerful messages to you about these areas simply by her behavior, her choices. So that's an easy way that you can start to do a reflection on what's, what are these confines I'm living inside of that I might not even know. Because once you know a bit more about what you grew up with and, you know, you can start to actually consciously start to go outside of it more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm thinking about to your specific experience with your own family. um, And not only bringing them into kind of your own realizations and healing, but did you, did you create boundaries that they that they were uncomfortable with, or I'm just kind of curious more about that because I can imagine that there are a lot of people out there who will, who are, and will begin to do this work and kind of experience that resistance. You know, a quote from the book that just kind of ties this together is, which I thought was really powerful. What you say no to determines the success of what you say yes to. And I'm kind of working on that with with my family out of like a place of deep love and wanting to connect more deeply to them is like kind of setting up those boundaries and saying no or whatever that looks like. So I just love to kind of pull back on that situ- your situation in particular. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question. I love that question about boundaries with family because as women, we're often taught that boundaries mean rejection. Boundaries mean we're being mean. Boundaries mean we don't care. So it's like, I feel like our generation is really setting up kind of like a new way, right? Um, Where boundaries are not, we're seeing that boundaries and compassion, boundaries and love can coexist uh, very much so and must, right? For healthy relationships. In my family, um, I was definitely like the family mediator and the family, like I took care of everyone to some degree. That that was my story. Um, and then as I got healthier, I wanted to set more boundaries. And like I feared, it, it didn't go well because I kind of saw that my willingness to not have boundaries was actually the glue that kept my entire mm. family afloat. Yeah. And because what happened when I set those boundaries, I just, and it was a process. This isn't something that just like happened, but it was a process where I started to see that the more I was consistent, I held my ground with lots of love. Yeah. It was a process. I couched my boundaries in lots of empathic language, but my family members, like my mother, my father, my brother hadn't, didn't have the capacity to hear that my boundaries weren't rejection or attack. In their mind, me setting boundaries and kind of modeling a self-worth with with respect. And I always did everything with respect because I wanted to be an integrity number one and I didn't want to create like another layer of conflict. Mm -hmm. So it's always doing my best to be respectful and loving. But even the small little steps of boundaries that I was making was interpreted as rejection. Mm. And attack. My mother in particular saw my boundaries as an attack on her, which I had intuited could happen. But, and I was afraid of this. But when it happened, it was so painful, but also so affirming. Like, like I was right, you know? 
And I knew that I could not live inside of this no boundary existence. Like I knew that I literally could not live that way anymore. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.